Hello and welcome back to the Outring Tinnitus podcast. This is Frida and I'm your host and this podcast is all about how you can get better with your tinnitus, what you can do for your tinnitus in order to live your best life, uh, habituate to tinnitus, being in a place where tinnitus no longer bothers you and takes center stage in your life. And in today's episode, I combined something very special for you guys. I hope you had a great week um, last week in Tinnitus Week 2024. And without further ado, I want to give you all those clips that I shared on YouTube and my social media channel in one long podcast episode. So uh, bear with me. We talk about six different formats um, My from my personal journey to what a mosquito and tinnitus have in common, also why there is no cure for tinnitus yet. And this is really a deep dive, an hour-long episode that you can use for your tinnitus journey and that I hope will be very helpful and beneficial for you. Uh, as usual, you find all my resources in the links to the description below. Um, of course, you can always join our online program for a free trial at www.mytinnitus.club. If you like this podcast, please share and uh, give us a positive review as it helps us to hopefully grow into one of the biggest tinnitus or the biggest tinnitus podcast, no bullshit podcast out there in the year 2024 and beyond. So thank you for your listenership. Thank you for your support from wherever you're turning into the world. I hope that this one is a good one and I hope you enjoy it. And I'll see you and hear you in the next one. Enjoy the episode. Hello and welcome to the Outering Tinnitus podcast. This is Frida and I'm your host. This podcast is all about the tinnitus science and what you can do to live a better life despite the ringing. Yeah, it is Tinnitus Week 2024 and uh, I have decided to um, give you seven special videos for Tinnitus Week 2024 from the 5th to the 11th of February this year. We have Tinnitus Week. And tinnitus, for um, most of you, it is a humming, buzzing, screeching, ringing in your ears or inside your head. Some people perceive it more inside the ears, some people more inside the head. And today, in the first video, I'm going to tell you a little bit about my personal story with tinnitus and how I got tinnitus. Hi, my name is Frida. I am 33 years old from Berlin in Germany. Um, and uh, I was personally born deaf on my left ear and I've been living with a hearing aid and uh, severe high-pitched tinnitus in my remaining other ear for the past uh, 15, 14, 15 years, yeah, since I was 19. And uh, my personal story, as I just shared with you, starts with me being born deaf in this one ear. Um, my mom had an infection during pregnancy, therefore my sense of hearing in my left ear never really developed properly. Uh, that was never really a problem because my right ear was always perfectly fine until I started uh, going clubbing when I got older. Um, and, you know, 15 years ago, there wasn't, or 16, 17 years ago, there wasn't really um, uh, the uh, possibility to get earplugs at the club or anything like that. No one really wore earplugs back in those days, right? So, um, yeah, slowly but steadily, when I was 19, my uh, hearing got worse and one morning I woke up with a faint ringing in my ear um, and eventually I was like okay well this is not going away so I went to go see the ENT and the ENT told me well you have tinnitus um, and I'm like what is that 
And then he was like, well, it's a ringing in your ear that's based off of the hearing loss that you have caused with uh, going to clubs, etc. And uh, he told me that uh, while that was not very dangerous, tinnitus is not very dangerous, um, I should be protecting my hearing. And eventually we also got to the fact that it would be beneficial for me to wear a hearing aid. So um, a year later, I got my first hearing aid. So there I was at the university, young guy um, with a hearing aid. Didn't particularly like it at the start. Now I don't care, couldn't care less because if you wear glasses and you need your glasses, you wouldn't go out to the street without wearing your glasses. And the same should be true for hearing aids. So this stupid stigma that uh, only old people wear hearing aids is something that I've completely gone past by now. Um, and my personal story with tinnitus doesn't stop there though. So a few years later, committed the same mistake. I was at a party in Amsterdam, King's Day, gets very crazy. Uh, I had earplugs, but eventually they, I guess, had fallen out and we were at some parties the whole night and then my tinnitus got worse. Um, I felt super irresponsible. I had a very difficult few months writing my bachelor paper and being uh, uh, in a very difficult space with my tinnitus and, and being so ashamed at having made it worse and everything. Um, and when I left the university, I started um, uh, working in the consulting business and uh, it was very boring for me. So after a year I quit, I started working at a hearing startup here in Germany called Mimi Hearing Technologies, where we developed a um, certified hearing test so you can test your ears in real time. And after working there for two years, I said, okay, it's time for me to do my own thing. And that's when I started a podcast um, that you can also find um, online on Spotify or iTunes or anywhere where I've uh, interviewed a lot of scientists and gained a lot of insights into tinnitus management. But at the same time, I've started coaching people. So my personal journey with tinnitus is one where I know how difficult things get can get and, and how depressed and anxious and, and yeah, isolated you can feel around your tinnitus. And therefore, I wanted to give some of that back of the things that I found um, and created my own habituation program. And habituation for me means that people stop being afraid or upset or obsessed with their tinnitus because tinnitus becomes just as important as, for example, the buzzing of my radiator next to me because it's cold and rainy here in Berlin today. Um, and uh, that's something that we can all achieve and I'm very passionate about that. So my personal story with tinnitus is that I was born deaf in this ear. I have uh, experienced that hearing loss. I'm wearing this hearing aid now um, and my uh, hearing gets a little bit worse, um, but I'm taking getting that taken care of, of course, with my audiologist, but um, I found my passion and my profession in coaching people with tinnitus, developing an online program with uh, courses, etc., at mytinnitus.club. And yeah, that concludes the first episode of today of uh, Tinnitus Week number one, um, me sharing my story. And in tomorrow's episode, we get into a few of the tools that I use with people with coaching. So over the next couple of days within these seven video series, I'm gonna give you tools and tips and tricks of what you can do to uh, quickly get better with your tinnitus. You can always find uh, all of my resources in my bio. You can find my free guide to tinnitus at www.tinnitus-guide.com. And yeah, hope you enjoyed this and happy Tinnitus Week 2024. See you in the next one. Hello and welcome back to day two of Tinnitus Week. Uh, where I give you seven insightful videos about tinnitus. Yesterday in the first video, I talked about my own personal story of being deaf in one ear and wearing a hearing aid for the last 15 years and starting to work as a tinnitus coach. 
And in today's video, I'm giving you a little nice metaphor of why uh, tinnitus is often very much similar to a mosquito bite. Um, and this little uh, story I've told a few times also on my podcast. Um, the podcast is a few years old already. I've interviewed many, many people, have many um, episodes, uh, so you can find it on all major podcast platforms. But um, in this short video today um, for tinnitus week, for day two of the tinnitus week, I want to tell you a little bit about the tinnitus and mosquito analogy. See, the thing with mosquito bites is the more we actually itch and scratch, the more the mosquito bite will be basically bothering us. Where when we stop itching or scratching the mosquito bite, eventually we will be um, looking outwards. We will be focusing on other things. For example, we get up in the morning, we get out of bed, we uh, make some coffee, uh, we turn on the radio or we go for a shower. And uh, it's not that the mosquito bite is technically not itchy anymore. It's just the fact that simply we go and focus on other things that make us stop perceive the itching of the mosquito bite, right? So it is in essence, not the mosquito bite itself that stops being itchy, but it is us being distracted from the mosquito bite because we gotta get ready for work. We gotta, uh, we have other things planned on the weekend. We go out, we have a fun time. And the mosquito bite, in fact, is still there, but it's not itchy anymore. Just purely because of the fact that we're not so focused on it anymore. And with tinnitus, this can be very, very similar. And that's a concept of habituation that in the next seven days, I wanna share with you a little bit more already. Um, I know that there's confusion out there and some people say habituation doesn't work, it doesn't function, but I am 100% convinced that it does um, because otherwise I wouldn't be sitting here telling you that I'm living a happy and healthy life even though I perceive tinnitus 24-7 and I'm deaf in one ear and I have this hearing aid, you know that, uh, and tinnitus in my other ear and I'm not bothered by it. Yeah, although when I take the hearing aid out, the tinnitus is very present, let's say, um, and, and, and quite intense, but I'm not bothered by it because my brain has not tagged the, the, the tinnitus as something like the mosquito bite as itchy, right? And therefore the main concept that underlies habituation is that our brain is incredibly plastic. So the brain can change a lot, right? The brain can adopt new strategies and new reactions. And very, very often in people with tinnitus, um, it's a little bit as if the mosquito bite, um, you, you were bitten by a mosquito and you're in an area where you know there's malaria. So the itchiness of the mosquito bite then comparably will pale into, significant, into significance with the compared risk of potentially getting malaria from your mosquito bite, right? So it's not even the itchiness of the, of the mosquito bite that is bothering you anymore, but the potential risk that you might get malaria. And in the same way that then you'll be much, much more attentive to that mosquito bite. You're going to look for its development. You're gonna be looking for some symptoms of uh, flu-like flu symptoms that could point to the fact that you have contracted malaria. And in essence, this is the same thing with tinnitus. And what people don't understand, when the ENT and the audiologist or the doctor says there's nothing we can do about tinnitus, and then we go onto all of these online forums and people um, uh, share their terrible stories with that tinnitus, then it's very normal that you react in the same way that you would react to the mosquito bites if the mosquito bite would potentially have you contract malaria, 
right? So we have to understand that in order to habituate, to use the neuroplastic changes, so the ability for the brain to form new connections in response to something, um, uh, in, in favor to us, but we first have to convince ourselves that we don't have malaria, it's simply just an itchy mosquito bite, then if we don't pay as much attention to the mosquito bite through a framework that I will share with you in a few, um, in the next couple of days, but through that framework, we can start perceiving tinnitus as what it is, a complete normal and natural body sensation that up to 20% or even sometimes in some countries, 25% of the population experience. And that is absolutely normal and natural. And most people go from bothersome to non-bothersome tinnitus over the course of a couple of years or within the program in month. Um, and, and this is the important part. It's about telling the brain and changing the habits that go from categorizing tinnitus as something dangerous and constantly us trying to find a solution over it to convincing the brain and telling the brain that the perception of tinnitus is not more than an itchy mosquito bite that if we don't focus on it, if we apply a little bit of, of, uh, of uh, cooling cream, then it's going to be better in a very, very short period of time. So um, uh, stay tuned. Uh, tomorrow we have another fun um, video coming out for you where we get a little bit deeper into the concept of um, tinnitus habituation. We have some videos, a video coming up where we talk about when the use of uh, hearing aids are um, warranted for people with tinnitus and when they can be very useful for you and why they work and how they can work with your tinnitus and when there really is no indication for a hearing aid and when you shouldn't be spending thousands of dollars for a hearing aid if you don't really need a hearing aid in any case. But um, yeah, I hope this was useful. Um, again, the concept of habituation I think is open for everyone. Think of it a little bit like if someone uh, starts using a prosthetic limb, eventually the brain gets used to using the prosthetic limb and the person will walk normally and the brain doesn't know anymore that it's not working on a normal leg anymore because it's become so normal. It's the same thing that happens to tinnitus and why some people report that they don't even hear their tinnitus anymore, although when you ask them whether it's there, they clearly say yes. And that's the concept of habituation, and I'll be getting into that concept a little bit more in the next couple of videos. I hope you had a, a great day. If you um, want any more feedback, anything else, if you want to get our free guide to tinnitus, go to www.tinnitus-guide.com. Um, you can also get my book on tinnitus, um, an eight weeks journey to tinnitus habituation at tinnitus-book.com. If you use the code tinnitus, um, T-I-N-N-I-T-U-S, you can get 30% off of my book as well. So I hope that you're having a great Tinnitus Week 2024 and I'll see you in tomorrow's video. Thanks for tuning in today. See you then. Yeah, welcome back to uh, the third video on the seven video series for Tinnitus Week 2024. Um, yesterday we talked about tinnitus in the mosquito bite and if you haven't watched tinnitus in the mosquito bite, I can only recommend it because the more you scratch, the more it's going to itch. And uh, in today's part, I'm going to start by saying um, this is all about why avoiding tinnitus at all costs is a really, really bad idea. And it all starts with a Humans with Tinnitus episode. So the new format that I'm doing in 2024, uh, free coaching sessions for people um, uh, for 30 minutes. And I had one a few weeks back with Malcolm from San Antonio, Texas. And Malcolm shared this with us. And as you can see from my reaction, I strongly disagree with the claim made by this audiologist saying that tinnitus should be avoided at all costs. And here's why. 
Yesterday, we talked about the tinnitus and the mosquito bite and in the way that the more we focus and perpetuate the the focus of negativity and anxiety and emotions over tinnitus, the more we're going to struggle with tinnitus. The more our problem-based brain says there is a problem, but we cannot solve it, and this problem is causing us pain. And the more that happens, of course, the more the body gets activated and the more anxiety or frustration we experience. And what happens now if we maybe have an indication for hearing aids, maybe not. Um, uh, so I'm not saying you shouldn't wear your hearing aids. But what I'm saying is if you avoid tinnitus at all costs, you perpetuate this negative anxiety cycle. Because what if your hearing aids basically run out of battery? What if the sound masking that you're constantly doing, avoiding tinnitus at all costs, is, um, is, is, is making all this anxiety actually worse? Because once you do expose yourself to tinnitus, for example, when you take the hearing aids out at night, you can't sleep because then all the anxiety comes back all at once. So my story and what I want to share with you here, also the concept of habituation that I started sharing yesterday in the uh, mosquitoes videos is where we teach your brain and we learn to, to understand that tinnitus is a benign body sensation in almost everyone, not dangerous. And so what we need to learn is that it's not the tinnitus and the anxiety, uh, not the tinnitus, the sound itself that frustrates us, but the anxiety and emotions that come with the tinnitus that pose the challenge. And as long as we try to avoid them as much as we can, right? Avoiding tinnitus, we try to avoid those rather than teaching ourselves that they are not dangerous. It's a little bit like when you, I, I say this analogy over and over again, when you get bitten by a dog, it's not the best idea to avoid dogs at all costs. Or when you have a car accident, to avoid riding in the car at all costs. The best thing you can do is expose yourself in a way that is healthy and good for you without creating a major panic attack so that your brain slowly but steadily learns to disassociate danger and difficulty from what you're experiencing, right? So in my opinion, avoiding tinnitus at all costs is one of the worst things that you can do for your tinnitus because it will keep your brain in this perpetuating cycle of anxiety and difficulty. So what we talk about when we talk about habituation strategies and when we talk about the program that we have created inside our mytinnitus.club community, then we talk about a, pro, a, a, a program of gradual exposure where you will learn that the thoughts and feelings that are connected to your tinnitus are what you really try to avoid, not the tinnitus itself. But the feelings, thoughts, and emotions that are connected with it that are difficult for you, that are coming back on a perpetual basis, um, those are the ones that you try to avoid at all costs. But it's not in the avoidance that you get better with all of these, but in the rec recognition of those and learning that the feelings and thoughts that you have towards your tinnitus cannot actually hurt you. They may sometimes be uncomfortable, and yes, sometimes therefore tinnitus might seem loud and therefore your anxiety and you might feel it in your stomach or your chest or, um, or, or you might get frustrated, etc. I'm not saying that that doesn't happen, but I'm saying it's all because you have connected mainly and we use certain tools of CBT for that to say, well, you've started Googling, you started going to the doctor, they told you there's nothing they can do. Therefore, you've based your assumption that tinnitus is naturally something quite dangerous or difficult that many people experience major problems with 
Um, and, and then therefore, very naturally, you try to find a problem solution by seeing, okay, how can I solve this problem? The more you try to solve it, the more anxious you get about not getting the result you try to do, which is solving it. And the more your brain connects this with a dangerous and difficult thing, the more energy you spend, the more your brain connects your not being able to solve it on all this spent energy and you feeling drained and anxious all the time. So one of the most important things, in my opinion, is to actually not avoid tinnitus at all costs, to actually not say, let me um, let me keep out my tinnitus at all costs at all times, because that perpetuates the negative emotional cycle. It's absolutely fine if you sometimes play some rain sounds or something like that because you want to lay down and, and take a nap or something like that, right? And that feels a little bit more soothing. But in the long run, you want to condition your brain in the way that it says, well, even with the perception of tinnitus, you can lay down and take a nap because it's not dependent on the tinnitus, but it's dependent on your emotional state and whether there is a cortisol and adrenaline released by your fear and panic-based center in relation to the experience of tinnitus. And if there is not, and tinnitus is simply there, and you still take a nap, then you have convinced yourself that it's 100% totally possible to take a nap even despite experiencing tinnitus. So my my opinion and what we share inside the um, in, inside the club program at www.mytinnitus.club, uh, I have created a program based on working with 500 plus people in individual one-on-one -on -one coaching sessions. So of course, if you uh, want to reach out for one-on-one -on -one coaching sessions, I'm, I'm happy to um, schedule a 15-minute discovery call for free for you. Um, but also under www.mytennis.club, you can find all those resources. So where we where I have combined all of what I was just talking about into a science-based behavioral framework that you can learn the thoughts and emotions that influence your negative avoiding behavior towards your tinnitus. And slowly but steadily building the habits that show you that neither the tinnitus nor the thoughts, feelings, and emotions towards your tinnitus are actually hurting you. But what is hurting you is this constant negative avoidance that keeps this perpetuating cycle of anxiety, negativity, reactivity, and focus on your tinnitus alive. So that's the reason why I believe that focusing on avoiding tinnitus at all costs is really something that... You should try to reconsider um, because uh, A, if you do master tinnitus at all times, at all costs, then you will have certain situations in which uh, all these emotions, feelings, and negative um, events come back at full force. For example, at night when you can't really mask your tinnitus or when masking becomes difficult because you live with a partner and your partner is annoyed by the constant weird sounds that you're playing at night. Um, I put an earplug in at night into my uh, tinnitus ear. The other ear is deaf and I don't mind at all. I sleep normally, right? So it's all a question of the conditioning that you do that shows whether or not tinnitus poses a threat to your quality of existence and experience. And tomorrow we're talking a little bit more since we've been talking about avoiding tinnitus and hearing aids at the start. Tomorrow we'll talk a little bit more um, when hearing aids for tinnitus can actually be uh, sensible and when it makes sense to do wear your hearing aids and when they can help you tinnitus. So I'll see you tomorrow. If you need any more support, go to tinnitus-guide.com or www.mytinnitus.club to join our program for a free 14 days trial. See you tomorrow.
Yeah, welcome back to the next day, day number four of Tinnitus Week 2024. And in today's uh, video, um, I explained it a little bit yesterday that not all hearing aids are bad and that of course, sometimes hearing aids for tinnitus do make a lot of sense. But yesterday we got into the concept why avoiding tinnitus at all costs is really not the greatest idea. And uh, that I got quite annoyed um, with the idea that one audiologist um, told this to one of my coaching clients that he should avoid his tinnitus at all costs, which, um, yeah, I really don't think is a good idea. Um, but today, let's get into when hearing aids can be beneficial for tinnitus. Yeah, my name is Frida. Um, you, um, many of you know that uh, I was born deaf in my left ear and I've had a high-pitched tinnitus and wearing this hearing aid for the last 15 years now. And so today I want to talk to you a little bit about when hearing aids actually do make sense. Tinnitus in many, many people is the absence of input from sound from the inner ear that gets translated into an electrical signal um, and interpreted in the brain as a sound, right? So very, very, very simple. Um, you can read it up on Wikipedia there. You can see how the wonderful uh, functioning of the inner ear really works. Um, but for this purpose, let's say it's an absence of input yeah, that is then uh, interpreted by the brain of, as tinnitus, right? So a lot of people have some form of hearing loss and that's why they experience tinnitus. But there is a difference in the forms of hearing loss that people experience. So let me start by saying, if you go to your ENT or audiologist and your audiogram comes back remotely as bad as mine, then you have a very good indication for wearing a hearing aid, right? And then you should be wearing your hearing aid. But again, not for the purpose of continuously masking your tinnitus, but for the fact that your brain obviously needs the most information that it can get. You wouldn't walk around on the streets if you have an indication for wearing glasses without wearing your glasses, because you wouldn't be able to see everything. It would be dangerous to have missing input, right? Because you might be missing something and that could be dangerous for you. The same is true for your hearing. If you don't have all the input, there's going to be an absence of input and your brain will have to work a lot harder to fill in the gaps. You'll be more tired. Things are going to be more difficult for you. So it's very important that if you do have an indication for a hearing aid, it's important that the hearing aid helps you to hear in more depth again. The hearing aid will help you to make sense of if you have a hearing loss in the higher frequencies, the, the sounds that are and these are really, really important in speech understanding, right? Speech, right? It's the difference between speech and surge, right? So when you do have an indication for a hearing aid, it's very important that you wear that hearing aid, not only for the tinnitus, but for your brain being able to compensate for the loss and in input, right? It's important that your brain gets that information. And the byproduct of the hearing aid will then be if you do have that hearing loss, and it's sort of ironed out because that's what the hearing aid is supposed to do, it helps you with hearing more of the world and less of your tinnitus. But my opinion and my stance is that the hearing aid should not serve the purpose of having to avoid tinnitus at all costs. The hearing aid is something like the glasses. The glasses are not selectively giving you only one part or masking that there are uh, gray and, and ugly spots in your, in your city, right? The glasses literally only help you to see whatever is there. And the same is true for the hearing aids. So if you use masking, then what you do is effectively you mask something that you have an emotional connection to. And we talked about this yesterday. So if you haven't watched yesterday's video, I can strongly suggest that you watch yesterday's video. 
but um, hearing aids are for much, much more than just tinnitus masking. So if you do have an indication for a hearing aid, it really makes sense that you wear your hearing aid. Again, the important part for the hearing aid, also for myself with my journey with tinnitus, is that primarily it helps me to understand and hear more of what's going on in conversations, in um, in outside situations, in loud environments, and for my for my for my ear and my brain, because they play together, right? It's a physical signal arrives into the eardrum, inside the inner ear, in the cochlea, is being translated into an electrical signal sent up your to uh, the auditory nerve into the auditory cortex and interpreted there as a sound. Same way that you. The light comes to your eye, to your retina, but it's interpreted in inside your brain, put into a picture that you eventually see. Same thing is true for your hearing. So it makes a lot of sense and it is very important that you have the full depth of input. And some people report that their tinnitus actually at first gets a little bit louder. Well, yes, there is more input in the auditory cortex. So there is more activity going on in the, in the auditory cortex, but in the long run, um, people report that when they do frequently and, and often enough wear their hearing aid, their tinnitus gets better. Because for the absence of sound is where tinnitus is generated because the brain does not know that the hearing loss that you racked up there is actually not really a, a loss of sound, but actually a loss of input. So your brain says, well, there should be something, but it's not there, it's not coming. Therefore, let me present tinnitus. So it's very, very important, crucially important that you understand that hearing aids are very beneficial if you do have an indication for wearing a hearing aid. But if you don't have an indication for a hearing aid, then you should consider not spending $3,000 of your hard-earned money on simply masking your tinnitus. Um, there are some uh, borderline cases where the hearing loss is in very, very high frequencies, and we've still seen people benefiting from hearing aid with their tinnitus. Um, so I think it makes sense to go th to a very experienced audiologist or ENT. But if you, for example, have neck and back issues, if you have um, other chronic issues that might have led to your tinnitus, then it's very unlikely that the hearing aid in and of itself, other than the masking function, which they will promise you, um, is actually doing you a lot of good because it will all be based on the avoidance of the negative feelings associated with your tinnitus. And even if you chose to do so, you would be able to do that with two, two $50, uh, um, $50 uh, earbuds ordered off of uh, the great online store or something like that, right? You don't need to spend $3,000 per side for hearing aids just to have a masking functionality. You can simply get a, a, a normal, a normal, um, a normal, let's say, bone conduction headphone that's not uh, uh, not uh, uh, dangerous for your hearing, basically, um, and uh, put on rain sounds or ocean sounds or pink noise or whatever you prefer for masking. Um, if you were really wanting to go down the route of masking for tinnitus relief, but uh, in my opinion, spending three thousand dollars per side on hearing aids without a real indication for a hearing aid is something that we should be a little bit more aware of. And uh, uh, certain industries should be um, uh, should be a, a little bit more careful with prescribing those very easily. 
Um, I hope this made sense. Tomorrow we talk a little bit more about um, a special episode um, and uh, we have another thing coming up, a why there isn't yet a real cure for tinnitus. It's basically also connected to what we talked about, the auditory processing and the difficulty of the brain to interpret um, uh, sounds in the absence of stimulus. Um, and uh, yeah, that's coming up for the rest of Tinnitus Week. I hope this video has been helpful for you. Um, we hope to um, make a lot of difference for you people with tinnitus out there. My personal story, deaf in one ear, tinnitus and hearing aid in the remaining one. If you want to join us um, in our online program, our science-based program that helps you to completely change the way you experience and relate to tinnitus, then go to www.mytinnitus.club. Um, you can join us for a free 14 days trial. We have science-based courses that help you to build the habits that let you habituate so tinnitus goes into the background and goes from bothersome to non-bothersome otherwise i have a free guide to tinnitus at tinnitus-guide.com and i'll see you in the next video thanks for tuning in day number five of tinnitus week 2024 and day number five is why there isn't a real cure for tinnitus yet yeah, uh, in all these other days, we've discussed first video, my story with tinnitus, how I came to suffer from a deaf ear and hearing aid and tinnitus in the other one. Second video, we have discussed the mosquito bite and tinnitus, why the more you scratch, the more you itch. The third one, we talked a little bit about why avoiding tinnitus at all costs is a bad idea. Yesterday, we talked about tinnitus and hearing aids and um, why um, uh, wearing hearing aids can be a good idea if you have an indication and why wasting your money if you have not an indication for hearing aids is not such a great idea. And today we talk a little bit about why um, there isn't a real tinnitus cure yet in the sense of that we have a simple pill or treatment that we can swallow or uh, administer and then really get rid of tinnitus. And it's all got to do with the perception of tinnitus or why we experience tinnitus, or in fact, why most people experience tinnitus. See, tinnitus is incredibly common, but 20%, sometimes up to 25%, depending on the country or region of people experience tinnitus, meaning a phantom sound inside their ear or head that only they can hear, right? So it's something very, very normal. Most most of you probably know it um, for the first time you got it after a loud noise event, maybe a concert and your ears were ringing. So literally this is the same thing. And most of the time you probably re recovered from that temporary hearing loss. Um, and let me tell you why. So the inner ear is incredibly complex. Let me say it in a few words. Um, there is an inner ear and in the inner ear there are little hair cells that move in a fluid so that in the eardrum with the fluid inside and the little hair cells when there's sound pressure right sound waves are pressure so there's pressure from my my speaking using using um, using air compressed air going through my mouth and lips and then arriving here in the condensator in the microphone and then you guys um, can hear it because it's decoded at the other side of the word. First it's encoded, um, digital signal and so on and so forth. And then it's decoded and you guys hear what I'm saying. But in the end, it is sound pressure. So pressure traveling to your eardrum, making something vibrate. Uh, inside there's some fluid and some little hair cells. They move a little bit like if you would, if you would say um, like underwater plants. Yeah, same thing. And then that movement from inner from outer to inner hair cells is translated into an electrical signal. That electrical signal travels up the auditory nerve into your auditory cortex, the part of the brain that puts it together as a sound, right? So basically as a puzzle piece, 
puts it together and says, okay, what's, um, what's the electrical signal that's coming from the ear? And let's put it together as a sound interpretation. It's quite marvelous actually, right? When you think about it, um, sense of vision, same thing. What you see is light traveling to your eye. And then in your eye, there is um, the light arriving at your eye, but actually where you see is inside the brain, right? Because the picture is then put together inside the brain. Your brain interprets what you see. Millions of years of evolution have led to this, but unfortunately, there's one thing that's a little bit off in the equation, and it's not something dangerous, it's not something freaky, um, but it is the perception of tinnitus. And let me tell you how it happens. So tinnitus is the perception of an absence of a sound where no real sound is present. That means that when we start losing our hearing ability and everybody does, so if we're not uh, young children anymore and we can't hear two frequencies, for example, maybe as a young person, you used to hear a dog whistle and you can't hear that anymore. It's absolutely normal. Over the period of our life, our hearing ability naturally get de de degenerates, right? Uh, that can have sometimes um, outside environmental impacts of loud noise exposure, sometimes work factors when you work in loud noise environments. Sometimes if you're just as stupid as me, uh, going to a lot of clubs without hearing protection in your, in your teenage years. And uh, all of these factors lead to the fact that some of these little hair cells, they don't move properly anymore, okay? So let's say it's a little bit like the, the underwater plant that sort of like loses and can't move properly anymore. And that doesn't mean, however, and there's still an electrical signal generated because in the absence of that movement, the brain still thinks, oh, but there should be something coming because there's other sound coming too, right? Because you always hear some kind of sounds. There's my stomach uh, rumbling because I haven't uh, had breakfast yet all morning. Um, there is the, the radiator in the background. So there's always sound, right? But there's also in now in this case with the non-functioning hearing hair cells an absence of input and that absence of input is by the brain interpreted to say wait but there should be something right so that is the creation of tinnitus so literally it is literally just an electrical signal that is misinterpreted by your auditory cortex so the part in your brain that says well there should be a sound but there isn't and then um, and then you hear whatever beeping or hissing or whatever it is, right? There are different forms. There's also pulsatile tinnitus, which then is more a form of maybe um, maybe you hear your own heartbeat and stuff like that, right? Maybe because of tension in the neck and back, then you have somatic tinnitus. But most people experience this hearing loss-based tinnitus that's based on the non-movement and absence of input that is then interpreted in your brain as tinnitus. And here lies the real and true difficulty of why there is not a real tinnitus cure yet. The real tinnitus cure yet doesn't exist because we can't yet reestablish the, um, the inner ear and the functioning of the hair cells. Now, there have been a few projects, um, some of you might know them, um, and you can Google them, that are working with restoring these inner hair cells. And we by now know from research that in some species that's possible. Um, I think I remember correctly, I was at um, HLLA conference, the Hearing Loss Association of America conference in Minneapolis a few years back. And uh, there was a big discussion from some very, very renowned professors about that um, these hearing hair cells can be regenerated in, for example, fish and, and baby chickens. And that now there are some trial runs even to um, have a, a genetically modified um, 
kind of uh, agent that then travels to the inner ear of, for example, a, 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 a an ape or something like that. And then we have the regeneration of some of these hearing hair cells. And there seem to be preliminary studies that as soon as we improve the hearing ability, uh, tinnitus, the perception of tinnitus might also go down, right? There's less activity. The brain has more information. Again, tinnitus might, might go down or even for some people completely vanish. But in and of itself, a real tinnitus cure is something incredibly complex. And no matter what all of these people out there might be promising you, it's very, very difficult to say it's a real tinnitus cure where you 100% get rid of all phantom sounds that you experience. So it is in the in the problem that we have a physical signal being translated into an electrical signal and then interpreted in the brain that is the difficulty. You, you know, you can't simply you, you you can't simply modulate that process better. And the inner ear is incredibly complex. We we talk about structures that are so small. These inner hair, hair cells are nanometer small, right? Like you have to have special specific microscopes to even see them. And there is a very, very big research process going on in how we can maybe restore the hearing ability. And of course, that would be the most favorable way to, um, for example, for me to also treat my hearing loss, right? To gain some hearing back. My tinnitus is not bothering me one bit, but it would be amazing for me to get my sense of hearing back and not having to wear this hearing aid because a hearing aid is never as good as close natural hearing. Another reason for why it's a good idea to protect your hearing if you can. So it's incredibly complex, this, this topic, and I think I'm going to make another episode in the future about this and, 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 and have some, some more renowned scientists also on the podcast um, that talk about this. But um, I, I want you to not despair because the important part that you need to know is tinnitus is in 99% of all cases not dangerous. It's a benign body symptom that you experience from the absence of input due to the hearing loss that is absolutely naturally occurring in humans. Right, And when you see it this way, you can start relating to it in a different way. And what we have built is a habituation program, a program where we can teach you and your brain that you don't need to be upset and constantly looking for your tinnitus so it can go into the background a little bit like the humming of your fridge when you read your newspaper in the morning. Does that bother you? Probably not. So if you're interested to find out more about that, then go to www.mytinnitus.club and sign up for a 14 days free trial. Um, you can also read my free guide to tinnitus at tinnitus-guide.com. I hope this was insightful and useful and shed a little bit of light on why there isn't a real cure for tinnitus yet. And um, yeah, I'll see you in the next one tomorrow. The next one marks the end of Tinnitus Week 2024, the final video for Tinnitus Week 2024. I hope you found all of these videos helpful. Uh, I certainly did enjoy making them and would love to hear your feedback. And I'll see you tomorrow for the last video of Tinnitus Week 2024. Goodbye. The more often we repeat the same emotion, the same thought pattern, and then the emotion that corresponds with it, the more often we create a certain reality for our brain right? The thoughts create a certain emotion, so energy in motion that you feel in your body. And that is a feedback loop to your brain. Something must be wrong. Okay, got it. What we want to do with acceptance and commitment therapy, we want to get the foot in the door, right? So your change can, your, 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 your state can change again. You can come into a little bit more of a flow and realize that tinnitus is not the predominant emotion all the time. Hello and welcome back to um, another video here on the channel and to the fifth video 
on Tinnitus Week 2024. We've had like a lot of fun, I think, this week already with uh, my personal story of being born deaf in one ear, having the hearing aid and tinnitus in the other ear. Um, why tinnitus can sometimes be like a mosquito, why you shouldn't avoid tinnitus at all costs when hearing aids are actually useful for tinnitus. That was yesterday. Um, tomorrow we have why there isn't yet a good cure for tinnitus out in the market yet. And then the last day we talk about tinnitus week 2024 is over, but we have so much more in store for you. But uh, today I have something that's very uh, dear to me um, and a special episode, if you will, because usually I always release my main content on a Friday evening at 8 p.m. So today as well, we have the podcast releasing um, and inside the podcast and today here in this video, I share with you something that I took out of our online habituation program. Uh, it's something that's taken out out of our eight weeks um, tinnitus course our um, most intense tinnitus course um, that you can access at mytinnitus.club but it is one of the videos where I tell you how to build a daily practice on getting better with your tinnitus. So without boring you for too long, um, as usual, we have a 60 to 90 second section at the end of the video where you can um, get a quick sneak preview about the program and what the program looks like. But um, I don't want to bore you too, for too long. Um, please enjoy my daily guide on what you can do in order to start habituating to your tinnitus so you can shift from the bothersome to the non-bothersome tinnitus group. And uh, yeah, I really hope that all of these videos that I've been sharing over the last couple of days um, have been helpful and insightful for you. If you do enjoy and like them, then consider subscribing to my YouTube channel and getting my free guide to tinnitus at tinnitus-guide.com. Um, and other than that, I wish you a lot of fun with the video now and I'll see you in the next one tomorrow. Yeah. Um, in this section, we talk about ACT in daily situations and how you can use acceptance and commitment uh, therapy in daily situations in order to bring a little bit more space into the identification with thoughts, feelings and emotions vis-a-vis -vis your tinnitus. So by now you have learned in the very first section that tinnitus in almost all cases is non-dangerous. You've learned that um, the thoughts and beliefs that you have created around your tinnitus are basically holding you back and in the section about CBT. And in the section about acceptance and commitment therapy, you have learned that changing the way you react to tinnitus and the, the way you react to the emotions that you experience in regards to your tinnitus is one of the most powerful tools and strategies you can use in order to tell your brain that what you're experiencing is in fact not as dangerous as your brain has made it out to be for various reasons. And you've done the exercises all in the course before. Um, and for various reasons, your brain has made it out to be this dangerous, but there is no reason to perceive it as that danger. So today we want to talk a little bit about using acceptance and commitment therapy and various aspects of acceptance and commitment therapy, such as the ACT key or the um, practice of mindfulness in everyday situations. And as we said in the start of the very first videos about acceptance and commitment therapy, acceptance and commitment therapy is not a tool to get rid of your tinnitus or your unwanted sensations in relationship to tinnitus, but it is there for you to 
commit to experiencing them and the more you experience them the less you actually have to be afraid of them because what you do is you confront them and you learn that they're not as dangerous as your amygdala so the fear and panic based center makes them out to be so in today's um, uh, video lesson, I want to talk to you a little bit about including acceptance and commitment therapy in your daily practice. So how in a daily format could it look like when you use the tools of acceptance and commitment therapy in order to overcome difficult and challenging moments and emotions um, or simply be with them rather than being sucked into them, going down the rabbit hole and being confronted with all this difficulty. Um, I think, and this is shown in many of the coachings that I've done over the past few years, that our expectation about a situation is often much different than what the reality of the situation is, is like. Or even if the reality of the situation is a difficult one and a challenging moment, then most likely that moment will be over far quicker when we simply allow it to, to be rather than resisting what it is in that very moment. And then with that resistance, creating more drive into su supervision and constant checking in in whether this moment has passed, whether the challenge still persists, whether the danger is still there. You follow me? So the, 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 the daily practice of acceptance and commitment therapy in daily situations is aiming to, in my opinion, distance you from the identification with the concept that you have adopted right from the CBT kind of part into how you see and, and experience your tinnitus, right? So without getting too abstract, um, saying um, what kind of habitual relationship have you um, uh, formed with your tinnitus? What kind of emotions come up very frequently and uh, are very persistent in your perception of tinnitus? And then ultimately, how can we use acceptance and commitment therapy? So for example, the ACT key, bringing more space when you find yourself in such a challenging emotion. Um, and I just want to give you a little bit of an example because I think um, examples always do uh, wonders in explaining and getting you a relatively maybe far off concept and giving you a real life application of that concept. So let's say you get up in the morning, the first thing you hear is your tinnitus and uh, of course, and this is uh, quite normal for all of us, you think, oh my goodness, there it is. Um, and then you get up, you maybe go to the, to the washroom quickly. Then afterwards, uh, in the washroom, you are already thinking about something else. But then you go to your kitchen and there it is again. And you're like, oh my God, there it is. And then some of the challenging emotions might start. You might think, oh, is this going to be like this the whole day already again? And then you might feel some anxiety. Maybe not only about the tinnitus, but also about the day ahead, the challenges ahead. Uh, difficult things that that come up um, and and acceptance and commitment therapy should give you a tool to distance yourself from not only the thoughts but more also the emotions that you tend to identify with right because the more often we repeat the same emotion the same thought pattern and then the emotion that corresponds with it the more often we create a certain reality for our brain 
right? The thoughts create a certain emotion, so energy in motion that you feel in your body, and that is a feedback loop to your brain, something must be wrong, okay? Got it? What we want to do with acceptance and commitment therapy, we want to get the foot in the door. First of all, with CBT, we want to start identifying these thoughts a little bit better. And second of all, with acceptance and commitment therapy, we want to show you that these emotions are in fact not dangerous. They might be challenging, they might sometimes even lead to a panic attack, but they are not dangerous. It is the struggle with these thoughts and emotions that makes your overall struggle with tinnitus so much worse. So what if instead of saying like, oh my God, here's my tinnitus blaring away, I'm just making my coffee, I just wanna have some peace of mind and quiet. What if getting hooked on that concept made you feel negative and then you feel like there's something that you can't have but you really want and then you feel depressed about that, right? Because you really want silence but you don't have silence in that moment. What if you didn't need silence in that moment though, right? What is silence as a concept? It's, there's never real silence around us our partners, our families, uh, nature outside, birds, animals, uh, domestic animals, outside animals, neighbors. There's never really real silence, right? So it is how we relate to these concepts on whether we can experience peacefulness, right? And, and, and what I think people mistake is that peacefulness is something that's absolutely possible within tinnitus. But what we do with these habitual reactions, emotions and thoughts, that how we respond to tinnitus and how we have conditioned ourselves in relationship to our tinnitus is standing fully in the way of opening up to experiencing the difficult emotion and then letting it pass again. So in the example in the kitchen, you make your coffee, you say, oh, my tinnitus is loud and I wish it wasn't there. You say to yourself, okay, I realize that. I say, hashtag coffee making in the morning. Hashtag tinnitus anxiety, tinnitus coffee anxiety. So the way you do that is an ACT key that helps you to tag a certain reaction that is automatic and habitual to a certain moment in the day so that you can start to become more aware of how you react and how that reaction is making you feel so to free yourself a little bit more from it, right? So it might be in the morning, might be hashtag tinnitus coffee, yeah? so that you know yourself that this reaction is one that either you get sucked into and you have the outcome of negative emotions and reactivity and anxiety, or you say hashtag tinnitus coffee and you become more aware of what's actually going on. Maybe you actually have a good morning and you are excited about something and then you can have the short moment where you think about your tinnitus and you're like, mm, but then you can come back from that moment and you can say like, oh, actually I'm excited about this thing right? So your change can, your, 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 your state can change again. You can come into a little bit more of a flow and realize that tinnitus is not the predominant emotion all the time. So in the same way, you can always address this in a different, in a different way. And you can always um, uh, turn back into different times of the day. For example, in the evening, we talked about this here on the community with a community member, Phyllis, she had problems sitting down watching TV in the evening because her tinnitus would be very bothersome when she would watch TV. But what she did is she said, come with me, sit yourself down on my shoulder and come watch the TV with me. And when she included tinnitus, rather than keeping it out, I know for some of you who might be early on in the process, that seems a little bit challenging. But when you give the brain a natural, non-dangerous relationship with tinnitus, then the brain can stop constantly obsessing over it and you stop thinking that only once the tinnitus is gone can you enjoy watching the TV, 
No, you can enjoy watching the TV and the tinnitus can fade into the background where you are solely and completely focused on the TV and your program that you're watching and not on the tinnitus anymore. But this is something that is only cemented with practice. So one thing that I want to say to you practicing ACT in daily situations is that practice makes master. And if you haven't done so, then I would suggest you also go into the ACT key section inside the acceptance and commitment um, uh, uh, part here inside the community. And you can find out how to define your ACT key and different moments in your day might need different ACT techniques. Right. So, for example, in the morning, you might have a hashtag tinnitus coffee. In the evening, you might have a metaphorical speaking vision in your brain visualization of how tinnitus sits down and watches TV with you until it goes into the background and you can focus on watching your TV. So all I'm saying is what we want to do with acceptance and commitment therapy in daily situations, we want to break open certain habits and that ties into um, using the tools of CBT and the exercises that we gave you in the CBT part so you can understand better what thoughts come up regularly for you and then use a tool of acceptance and commitment therapy in order to distance yourself from that immediate reaction. And when you continuously practice that and when you continuously practice the tools of acceptance and commitment therapy, then your brain slowly and steadily stops associating tinnitus with this super negative association and the constant emotional fretting. So I hope that you found this useful. Um, we will have uh, some more sessions on um, acceptance and commitment therapy and also the part of mindfulness where you, for example, focus on three colors that you see in your immediate, in your immediate environment or you focus on the feeling of your sock on your big toe or the feeling of your uh, wedding band on your hand or your hearing aid inside your ear. Yeah. Um, to also bring you back more into the present instead of being constantly identifying with negative emotions that are based on wrongful and limiting beliefs and assumptions about your tinnitus. And uh, I hope this video has been helpful for you and I wish you a lot of fun in the next section. See you there. How could you sit there being maybe only medium bothered by your tinnitus, maybe not focusing on it all the time, then you take out your phone, you read a negative story from someone and suddenly you have a panic attack. How can you tell me that that's due to your tinnitus? Yeah, welcome back. We are on day five for Tinnitus Week 2024. Um, no, not day five, day seven, sorry. Um, this is the final video. This is the final video um, for Tinnitus Week 2024. Uh, by now I've made seven little videos for all of you, including one special episode uh, on Friday, the day that usually my podcast releases. Um, and I wanna take this video to give you a little bit of a recap, but also a possibility to not only stay with these seven videos, but to continue your path, to go forward, to build the right habits that help you habituate, put tinnitus in the background, go from bothersome to non-bothersome tinnitus with maybe my help. If you want one-on-one -on -one coaching, that is something that we're always able to provide and that I'm happy to, to offer to you, but also with the help of our great online program and club called mytinnitus.club. But uh, let's do a very short recap of all the videos that we did. Um, the first video was about my personal story with deafness, a single-sided deafness and my hearing aid. 
um, in the other ear and how I have come to uh, suffer from tinnitus and my single-sided deafness and what my journey has been, right? The journey of uh, wearing a hearing aid for the first time at 21 years old when you feel a little bit at first like a grandpa and you say like, why would I wear a hearing aid to me thinking about that completely in a different way by now, right? Saying if you wear glasses and if you have an indication for wearing glasses, it would be negligent and stupid not to wear the glasses when you're going outside. So the same thing for, for me now is true for hearing aids. If you have a hearing loss, why the heck wouldn't you wear hearing aids? Yeah, it's the same thing. So we should stop say, thinking about this old flashy massive hearing aid that grandpa had but accept the fact that hearing loss is something that happens naturally in our society. Tinnitus and hearing loss are two things that happen naturally in our society together with aging, which happens naturally in our society because we age, we're humans. And it's very important for, for that to have a more of a holistic understanding. And that's basically the first video. So I want to provide my personal story for people to be able to relate that, yes, it is a personal story of suffering. Yes, it is a personal story of transformation from me going from being severely affected by this condition to making it my passion and profession, um, turning it into creating a podcast for the last couple of years, interviewing the major and best scientists in the world about tinnitus and uh, creating this online program uh, for people with tinnitus for them to be able to go from bothersome to non-bothersome tinnitus. But it's also something where I want to share and show you that you're not alone on your journey. And um, millions of people suffer from this and we need a transformation of an understanding about this condition in order to also shift a, a better perspective on how you can get better with your tinnitus quickly. Second video, I talked about tinnitus and the mosquito bite saying that the more you scratch, the more it's going to itch. Basically, the assumption is that um, the more you uh, upset your brain by focusing on the fact that there is no real solution for your tinnitus yet, and that makes you anxious, that you create a perpetuating cycle, then maybe you Google, you find on the internet that it's difficult for many people to live with tinnitus and coexist peacefully. These people might, might have never uh, deleted their comments and they might already not really be bothered by their tinnitus anymore. So in essence, um, that is the tinnitus and mosquito bite. And then I talked a little bit more about habituation, meaning that you can habituate to tinnitus. So a way for your brain to reclassify the perception of your tinnitus, reclassify it as something non-dangerous, something that you not constantly need to be paying attention to or look into. And therefore tinnitus goes into the background and you go from bothersome to non-bothersome tinnitus. And then in the video afterwards, I talked a little bit about um, when hearing aids or why um, avoiding your tinnitus makes no sense at all, uh, based off the story with Malcolm on the episode of Humans with Tinnitus on my podcast and YouTube channel, um, based on the assumption that avoiding tinnitus is not a great idea, because if you avoid your tinnitus, very likely you avoid the feelings and emotions associated with them. And as soon as you avoid it all the time, then it's gonna come back stronger in the same vein that if you do have an indication for hearing aids, you should wear your hearing aids. That's the next video. But you should not buy thousands of dollars worth of hearing aids if you don't really need hearing aids just to mask your tinnitus. A normal AirPod will do with some rain sounds. If you really truly want to mask your tinnitus and escape it for a while, then that's the best way to go. But in essence, the pursuance, the pursuance of habituation, meaning that tinnitus goes into the background, not bothering you anymore needs some work from your side. And you need to be able and willing to commit to doing this work, 
right? So I work and coach people who are willing and able to see that it's not actually their tinnitus, but the way they react to tinnitus that make, creates all this difficulty. How could you sit there being maybe only medium bothered by your tinnitus, maybe not focusing on it all the time, then you take out your phone, you read a negative story from someone and suddenly you have a panic attack. How can you tell me that that's due to your tinnitus? That's not due to your, due to your tinnitus. That's due to the input that you had that created an emotional reaction. And there you have it. There you have your biggest problem with tinnitus, not the sound itself. So then we went on um, to give you the special episode. You can check that out on my podcast or my YouTube channel again. And the most important thing I think to take away from all of these videos and the final, the, one of the last videos was why there isn't a real cure for tinnitus yet is also because tinnitus in essence is a benign body sensation. It's not dangerous. And of course, hearing loss is something that hopefully becomes treatable in future because uh, the real sense of hearing, so not only compensatory hearing with uh, hearing aids, the real sense of hearing is really what is um, important for us humans, right? The hearing aid is only an artificial way of hearing, basically, if you will. And uh, the sense of hearing is incredibly complex. That's why we don't have a real cure for tinnitus yet. And that's totally fine. We need to learn that it's not the tinnitus, but the reaction and the feelings, emotions, and thoughts that we connect with tinnitus that are our absolute biggest obstacle. Not meaning that if you have an indication for wearing a hearing aid because of the hearing loss associated with your tinnitus, you should absolutely and definitely do that. So I do recommend you reach out to your ENT, to your audiologist, get an audiogram in and see whether the, 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 the fitting of a hearing aid could and would be beneficial for you. Um, the final video, which is this one, I want to uh, show you a little bit more about our online tinnitus club and tell you that uh, our online tinnitus club is available for all of you out there for a 14 days free trial. You can join at www.mytinnitus.club. We have a weekly group coaching sessions. Um, I always say it's a three-pronged approach. The first prong approach is that we have a lot of online courses that I created based on me working with 500 plus people in the last five years. And uh, based on these online courses, you can start to learn which are the feelings and emotions that keep you stuck with your tinnitus. And then when you've learned that within the courses, you come and ask for feedback during the coaching sessions. And then the third one is you engage with amazing people who are exactly on the right path with you, but in a structured and guided way. So we don't have an online forum where people say, oh, this is all terrible. This is the uh, worst thing that happened to me. I get that. Sometimes it feels like it. But we have a structured approach with people who are ex exactly know what to do and how to handle tinnitus. And that creates a positive vibe inside our club. And we connect people in a buddy system. So you get paired with someone, you get daily goals that work to creating the right habits for you to be able to habituate your tinnitus. And then you are... And uh, paired with someone that you share those goals with and positively connect on a regular basis. And we see each other in weekly coaching sessions where I um, train and help you to really put these goals into action. So if you're wanting to um, join the club, uh, you can go to mytinnitus.club for a free 14 days trial. Um, I'm also obviously happy to offer you one-on-one -on -one coaching sessions. Um, there is a link usually in all the descriptions that I have to the episodes where you can book a one-on-one -on -one free discovery call for 15 minutes with me and I can uh, give you maybe just a little bit feedback to your individual situation with tinnitus, but also you can see whether you want to start working one-on-one -on -one with us. And um, 
yeah, I hope that you found this, uh, these input and inside videos to Tennis Week 2024 helpful. I hope that they've been useful for you. I hope that they've been something that you enjoy. And um, yeah, my name is Frida. I'm 33, turning 34 this year from Berlin in Germany. Um, you know that I was born deaf on this year, hearing aid and severe tinnitus in the remaining ear. And I've devoted the last five years of my life working with a lot of people all around the globe, creating an online program for you to be able to habituate. And we would love to add you to the list and help you do that as well. I hope you had a great Tinnitus Week 2024 and I'll see you either in the club or you drop me an email to frida at alteringtinnitus.com and we'll speak soon. All right, goodbye. All righty, that marks the end of the special episode for 2024, the Tinnitus Week that we had last week. This is only releasing now because I've been releasing a lot of podcasts and uh, Tinnitus Week was a draining event for me. As much fun as I had, a much, as much exchange I had, I was on the panel for a German audiology network to um, tell German audiologists um, from my perspective of what we can do to treat people with tinnitus in a better way, to understand them more, to give them a holistic approach and to really look at all different factors that might influence um, people who deal with tinnitus and come to the audiologist. And um, in this week's uh, combined episode, I hope you had a lot of fun. I hope it was insightful for you to go from hearing aids and my personal story to why there isn't really a complete cure for tinnitus yet, although it might seem promising in future. Um, I just uh, can tell you that I do believe that habituation is a, a cure for all ill that comes with tinnitus. So if we don't react to our tinnitus anymore, if we're not upset about our tinnitus anymore, then uh, why wouldn't we take that as much as we would like a cure, right? Because if we are cured of any negativity surrounding our tinnitus and we live our life as normal, then why would the tinnitus still be bothering us? Why would we bother to pursue a cure that has all these potential side effects and dangers potentially, right? So... I, I do believe that there is a lot of negativity out there and um, I've struggled with that over the years. I haven't shared it so much on the podcast, but of course I've been victim of um, of, of hate comments, etc. Um, although I'm someone dealing with uh, tinnitus and single-sided deafness and hearing aid myself. Um, but the internet, unfortunately, is a place where everyone can say, um, all their opinions completely unfiltered and I've been a target of that as well in the past so I just want to share and say that I will continue I will continue spreading my piece of the picture my piece of the puzzle in successful tinnitus management and I will continue to um, uh, put that out into the world with this podcast with the YouTube channel with all the other uh, channels that I have I will continue coaching people with tinnitus and I will continue building our online program at mytinnitus.club so if, if you're looking for a real beacon of hope not who screams the loudest and you are willing to get your hands dirty to do the honest work to work through your difficulties with tinnitus and to habituate and get closer to habituation then um, yeah you know where to find us you can find us at www.mytinnitus.club we're nearly 50 people we're co constantly growing um, and it's amazing to see ever more people joining the program all right i wish you all a fantastic weekend and I hear you in the next episode next Friday. Thanks for sharing, liking and giving this podcast to the people that you think really need to listen to it. Thanks and see you in the next one.
Thank you very much for listening to the Outring Tinnitus podcast. I am looking forward to also welcome you on my website at outringtinnitus.com or if you have any questions, please mail to frida at outringtinnitus.com. See you next time.